All the dialogue is either whispered or screamed. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! Oh, my eyes! Everything in the movie is on fire. Am I getting through to you, Alpha? I said, put the bunny back in the box. Calm down, Nick. Let's do our self-esteem exercises where we pay each other compliments. We're gonna have a three-way with the Declaration of Independence. Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and all of you boogers from around the world. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very cagey and my very caffeinated co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, it's another week. It's another Monday. What Mm -hmm. are we doing? We are doing the cage match on this Monday today. And what else are we doing here in the studio while we do this cage We match? are drinking lots of coffee from Bones Coffee Company. BonesCoffee.com. What are we drinking this week, Faith? This is Irish cream. And, and it is delicious. I love it. Let me ask you a question. Is it delicious because it's so good? Or is it delicious, extra delicious because we're drinking it out of our stylish Elvis mugs? Both. It's a combination <laughs> of both. That's right. Well, Faith, here we are, round eight of the cage match. Can you believe this? We're about done with this first uh, round of movies. I know. So, you know, he says everything is on fire in the Mm -hmm. opening that we have. And in this (laughs) week's pick of movies, there's fire. Lots of fire. Everything's on fire, (laughs) literally, in one of these movies. Faith, what is in the cage tonight? We have the movies Knowing versus The Wicker Man. This was a pretty interesting matchup, wasn't it? Yes, very interesting. Very interesting. You want to just go ahead and get into it? Let's do it. Back into the cage we go. So Knowing is a 2009 science fiction mystery disaster film written by Ryan Douglas Pearson, along with Juliet Snowden and Stiles White. The film was directed by Alex Proyas, director of The Crow, Dark City, and iRobot. The film premiered on March 20th, 2009 and grossed $80 million at the North American box office. Adjusted for inflation, this is close to $100 million. The film stars Cage as John Kessler, an MIT astrophysics professor and widower, who comes into possession of a paper made by Lucinda Embry in the year 1959 after a time capsule is opened. Lucinda's paper details major catastrophic events that happened over the last 50 years, giving the date, number of casualties, and location for these events. Kessler hypothesizes that an extinction-level event is about to take place, and it does. Mm-hmm. Faith, what did you think of knowing, and how did you score the film? I love this movie, and I scored it a beautiful four out of four nicks. I also scored it a four out of four nicks. Uh, what brought you to the four? It's just one of my favorite Cage movies. It's one I've seen multiple times, and I always enjoy it. I really like the story of this movie. So that's why I gave it a nice four. The story is very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like the Steven Spielberg M. Night Shyamalan vibe that this movie has. Mm -hmm. It definitely has that uh, late 70s, early 80s Spielberg thing going on. I was getting flashes of E.T., Close Encounters of the Third Kind. But then you have the M. Night Shyamalan thing with, um, you know, Unbreakable and the Sixth Sense and Mm -hmm. Signs, especially where you have these mysteries that are you're trying to solve. And I thought it, it was 
they brought those two styles together really beautifully. And the story, I think, is very immersive. As you like to say, it pulls you right in. It does. It pulls you right <laughs> in. The um, the Lucinda prologue is very well done. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing just, it really doesn't let up until the movie's done. I was going to say, you said it pulls you in, it, but it never really, you never, you stay there the whole time with it. You never get bored or, right. you know, you're right there with it the whole time. Right. And as I said, there are shades of E.T., Close Encounters, mm-hmm. uh, Signs. I, I feel like there's another one, too, that was that is right here on the tip of my brain that I was thinking of maybe didn't write down uh, another Shyamalan movie. Something like The Sixth Sense, actually, where there's a mm-hmm. there's a mystery that, that you, you're not exactly sure what it is. Exactly. And even that's the thing with this movie, when this movie was... Uh, being promoted back in the day you really didn't know what it was about and it's kind of amazing what it is about <laughs> um as i said it, it does have those shades of those movies i never feel like it's ripping those off Mm-mm. you know it, it never felt that yeah, way not at all. and uh the movie and story i feel are really well done uh i didn't even take a half point off for rose Byrne. <laughs> uh rose Byrne is in this movie she has a very big role in this yeah. movie and uh, I've I've never really been a big fan of hers. I, it's not that I dislike her. She's been very good in some things I've seen, but this to me was not her finest no. hour. There's a line delivery in this movie about having to get the children. I think I texted you. You did too, text it to me. And so what had happened was, for the listeners out there, <laughs> we were watching this movie separately. I was about 45 minutes ahead of you, and the text that I sent to you was, Rose Byrne is pretty terrible in this. And then 45 minutes later. No, I thought you said Nicolas Cage is so great or something along those lines. Because I had texted you about her. Okay. And I think that's kind of what you were getting at. Yeah, like, like, (laughs) but I referenced the, I didn't say the line. She, and she immediately came back with, we were on the same page with it. It was, it was pretty. It was just like. It was, it just wasn't very good. And that's not, you know, a knock on her personally or anything like that. She has been very good in some things. I love the Insidious movies. Yes. And I'm not a huge fan of her, but she doesn't bother me. No, she's good. She's good at times. She's great. I didn't feel like this was her. Her, her finest her hour. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, the uh, speaking of the cast, the kids are very wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I think Nicolas Cage gives a really great and different performance from anything we've seen here on mm-hmm. the Cage Match. Yeah, he's very serious, but I like it. I like him like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And before we move on to our next category, I do want to give a special mention to the score by Marco Beltrame. It was very reminiscent of John Williams, mm-hmm. which is putting me in that Spielberg mood. He had the French horns going like John Williams does. Very nice thematic motifs happening through the movie. And I felt like the score was very grand and was serving the movie as a great movie score should do. What did you think of the score for this? I liked it, too. I think it, it fit very well with the movie. It, it. it felt like 80s era, mm-hmm. late 70s, early 80s era John Williams around the time of uh, Close Encounters, Dracula, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Empire yeah. Strikes Back, that that era of Williams, that big movie era. And I thought the score was just really well done. And I was having that Spielberg vibe, and then the score started catching my ear, and I went, "That's <laughs> this is what they were going for. Like, this is, this is it. You so, figured it out. Um, if this is your first time with us, welcome. Welcome to the show. If, if you're a return listener. Thank you for your continued support. If you're new to the cage match, what we do is we score overall movie, hair, voice, face, and face favorite category, that cage factor, that undefinable thing that makes Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> so so I also gave it a four. You gave it a four. Now we're going to move mm-hmm. on to hair. I gave this three nicks. How'd you go on the hair? I did two and a half. 
I said that it looked pretty thin. It wasn't awful, but it was not my favorite look. This is funny because my note here is he looks to be a little thinner here in the face. <laughs> like his he, he looks like he had lost yeah. some weight. And um and like I said, you can see in his face, but the hair I thought complimented his face because if the hair was too big and poofy, he'd have wings, you know, and he'd look like Kevin from the office, you know. Um so I thought the length was good for his face. I thought it was complimenting his face. And I think it's one of the better looks he's had for for the money. You know? Again, I said it wasn't awful. Yeah. Just... Yeah. And this is one of those categories that's kind of hard to, to score is. sometimes. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't think it was his best look that, no. we, that we've seen. So let's see. Moving on to voice. What did you give voice, Faith? Um, two and a half. I also gave it two and a half. Where'd you come with the two and a half? I just don't think he was very over the top. I think he was very serious. And uh, like I said, I think that worked for his character and it worked for me for the movie. So, I mean, that's kind of where I landed. Yeah. I also gave it the two and a half uh, for all the reasons that you added. And I will just go ahead and say uh, there were no jazz delivery moments here. There wasn't that uh, staccato up and down rhythm thing he'll do in his cadence. And... But everything was in service of the character, and I said on last week's show that this was going to be interesting because Knowing is such a good movie, but he's not very cagey in it, right. like he is in a certain movie we're going to be getting to in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, next category, this was another, uh, I don't want to say difficult for me to score, but I went two and a half nicks on the face. I, uh, I gave it two. Two? Mm-hmm. And my note here is basically see my notes on the voice. I almost gave this two nicks, but felt compelled to give the extra five because of the emoting that he did at the end when his son was leaving with the uh, super space alien angels. (laughs) I thought that was really well done. And Mm -hmm. it it really did uh, give me goosebumps. Mm -hmm. He, He really played that well. Yeah. And straight down the middle. That's kind of why I gave it a two. There wasn't anything over the top, you know, but he had some emotional moments on his face and stuff so that's where i landed there yes and our final category the cage factor mm-hmm. that undefinable thing he brings to life and to movies where'd you go with his faith i gave it three nicks also gave it three nicks and i say that there's not the out of the box thing that we've come to expect from him but he really conveys john kessler's pain and the sense of mystery in this story uh, his resignation to what is about to happen to the world is kind of amazing to watch, and he's very subtle, almost sublime. It's a look that really works on him, and I think this performance here shows great and awesome maturity, and he works well with the material he's given, which is very good. And I want to add that uh, the line that he says, the world's going to end, and there's how do you stop the end of the world? If you give that to anybody else, that could be really bad. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> delivers it really well here. And the other thing, too, that I want to add about this performance is I feel like this is his best character actor performance. This is, you know, there's not that big Nick Cage thing here, but he's playing this role just as it should be as it's written on the page. And I feel like he trusts the material Mm -hmm. and he's going with the material and where it leads him. I feel like. This is a very amazing performance for a different reason than something right. like uh, Vampire's Kiss or something where it's a little over the top and you can laugh at it. Right. You know, there's no memes of this movie. Right. You know, this isn't there's not an edit of this movie, you know, him being crazy. He he's very good here. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, he could have had a big career playing playing it straight. Yeah. For lack of a better word. Yeah, I think so. But he still brings that thing to this. Yeah. Of you course. know, there's that intensity to it. And. 
I think he's I think he's absolutely wonderful. Me too. In it. I think he's great. That's why I gave it uh, three. I think he's smart, and I feel like he doesn't want to give up. You know, for any for any reason, he's still gonna try to solve this, regardless what people are telling him. And right, he plays it so serious, and like that's just so rare. Out of character for him, <laughs> you know. Out but of I love it, and it really works, it works for so this well. movie. Um, this isn't one where I say, oh, I couldn't see anybody else playing this. There are other people that could have mm-hmm. played this and played it well, but he's perfect for this. And he was the first choice. He was the guy that they said they wanted. Good. And I, and I totally get that. And I want to make another note about the uh, Pearson screenplay. The idea for this, the producers bought it based solely on him walking into the office and saying, I have this idea for a movie where they open a time capsule and all these uh, predictions have come true. And then there's some that are coming true and it's everyone else. that's going to die <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> and they said they bought it right there and then it took about two or three years to write the script and it went through some permutations. But <laughs> I think it's a great movie. It's a really well it done too. thriller and it's 10 years old now. And I feel like we don't have many movies like this these days, Mm-mm. these kind of bigger spectacles but but fam not family oriented but uh character driven mm-hmm. pieces like because this is a real drama it and really it's is. and it's hard it's, it's a really good movie and i feel like i feel like if it was done today it might not have been as good as not that 10 years was so long ago but i feel like somebody try to make it now i don't know i don't know if it would have been yeah the way that it came out so spoiler warning uh the world ends here <laughs> And it goes up in a great ball of fire. Fire, 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 fire. <laughs> yes. Um, what did you think of this ending the first time that you saw it and rewatching it? Because I was shocked the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this was what this movie was going to be. And I was shocked that they that the world ended the way mm-hmm. that it did. And I was still shocked. It's a good ending. Though. Watching I mean, it again. Yeah, they, they go for it. It's a good ending. I don't know. It's one of my probably my favorite endings of a movie. <laughs> As horrible as it is, yeah, 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 it's just done so well. Yeah, it's really, it's really done well, and it doesn't feel like a disaster movie, like Mm -mm. an Independence Day or something like that, because you don't see that that end coming, and it's pretty horrific and and kind of beautiful. Yeah, you know, really, I mean, with the with the family getting back together, right? It was it was really. That's why I think it, you know, came together so good because it's not like they're separated, and you're like, oh, you know, I feel so bad for him. Right. They together. And uh, also I want to mention too, I love the line when Nicolas Cage's character gets to Boston, echoes of War of the Worlds here, right? With Tom Cruise's character trying to get to Boston, Nick is trying to get to Boston. I was literally just thinking about that movie. (laughs) And uh, he gets with the family and they ask where his son Caleb is and he says, he's safe. I I love the way he delivers Mm -hmm. that. You know, it's really beautiful, really great stuff here. Good movie. If you haven't seen this in a while, check it out again because this this, is aging very well. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, I think it's going to be a minor classic in a few years. I really do. So, well, speaking of minor classics, uh, we have a movie here. Oh, this uh, this is the subject of many internet memes, isn't it, Faith? Yes. So, let's just get into it. You want? Know, here we go. So, The Wicker Man is based on the 1973 British horror classic starring Edward Woodward and the legendary Christopher Lee. We love Christopher Lee here on the Late Night Fright. Cage was introduced to that film by his friend Johnny Ramone of the Ramones in the 2006 version we're going to talk about Bear's dedication to him. This movie, along with Vampire's Kiss, is the subject of many, and I have that in all caps, don't I, Faith? (laughs) Many memes and YouTube edits. The bees, not the bees. You all know what I'm talking about. It's in the theme song for the Cage Match Mondays. (laughs) 
reference that, please. The film was released on September 1st, 2006, and was directed by filmmaker and playwright Neil Laboot. Cage plays California policeman Edward Malis, who travels to the island of Summers Isle in the Pacific Northwest to help find his ex-fiancee's missing daughter. All is not as it seems on Summers Isle, and Malis finds himself in a mystery even deeper than he imagined. This movie, like knowing, ends with the cage going up in a blaze of glory. <laughs> fire, Faith. Fire. Oh, lots fire. and lots of fire. The film received generally negative reviews upon its release and grossed $23 million at the box office, which comes out to $32 million adjusted for inflation. Critics were not kind and called it entertainingly bad. Cage himself has called the film absurd, and he means that as a compliment. Faith, what did you think of The Wicker Man? Oh, I didn't hate the movie, but I didn't love the movie. <laughs> I have mixed feelings on this movie. I know. I it needed more of something, and I don't know what. Maybe excitement. I don't know. It's it's. Let me. So I scored this. I gave it a two. I didn't want to give. I it gave a two. it a two and a half. I and here's here's my notes on this. Let me see if you agree with this. Okay. I actually really enjoyed watching this movie, mm-hmm. and I did. I had a good time watching mm-hmm. the movie. It just didn't quite add up for me as much as I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I feel the direction is what's holding it back. I don't feel tension or mystery, and that mm-hmm. to me is what this movie is lacking. Ellen Burstyn is tremendous as Summer's Isle. I love the ideas. I like a lot of things about it. It just didn't come together the way I think it was intended to. I, I and I had a great time watching this. And I'm going to say this later, but I want to I want to say it here, and I will repeat it again later. He is not the problem. Mm-mm. And when you take those crazy moments in the YouTube edits out of context and watch them, they're hysterical. When you see them in the context of the movie, they're not as funny right. as as when you just see them pulled and, and edited together. He was really swinging for the fences here, and I feel like the movie really lets him down. Mm-hmm. You absolutely nailed it in your notes. I mean nailed it I mean, that's, that's exactly where i was it's like I, I enjoyed it but it just wasn't coming together for me because it's a really great story yeah. and the beats of the original are pretty much there for the most part and there's some real evil in this movie and mm-hmm. i feel like this man i'm just gonna say this i feel like this movie illuminates some problems that we're having today with yes. certain ritual abuses that are going on you can read about them in the paper maybe but uh for more information on that get online and look up this stuff but i feel like this was saying something about that mm-hmm. but this movie just it was shot like a 70s cop show almost you know it had that yeah. <laughs> feel and vibe to it and i feel like it just could have been better than it was mm-hmm. and it wasn't him no, 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 I just feel not. like it was the. It wasn't the story. I feel like it was the movie. Right. I mean, he made the movie worthwhile for me. So I mean, and I know there are detractors uh, on this movie because of the original film. They're fans of the original film, and the original film is wonderful. We're going to do that on the show eventually. We have so many to get to, but this I think takes its own uh, its own path. I think it's you know just as interesting. It just didn't come together, like I said, the mm-hmm. way that I feel like it. It should have. No, I totally agree. It should have. I, feel, I really do think he deserved better than this. So, well, okay, so you gave two five, correct? Yes. Two five, and I gave it a two. Okay. Pretty much for him alone. I mean, that's yeah. a little half, you know what I mean? Yeah. He yeah. made it He made it decent for me yeah. to get through. So next category, hair, I gave him a two. 
I gave him a two as well. <laughs> um, my note is I didn't dig his look. Uh, this quaff seems to be a transitional piece. What he is transitioning to, I have no idea. <laughs> I just I just didn't like it. It was like stringy and, and you know. Oh, that made me, I don't know why that's so funny. The only thing I liked about it was the color of it. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have that Chad Kroger blonde <laughs> no. highlight thing going on. I like the darker hair on him, you know? Yeah. Give him the dark hair. Other than that, no, horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. It was, it was, that was the scariest thing in this movie for me <laughs> at points. Uh, let's see. Next category, voice. How'd you go on voice? Three. I also gave him a three. Uh, he has some choice moments here, and I'm sure everyone has seen the supercut of the moments from The Wicker Man. Like, and if you have not seen this, you really need to do yourself a favor and watch it because, like I said, it, taken out of context, they're hysterical. In context of the movie, I feel like they're they're pretty right on, yeah. but it's really pretty funny. You no, know, I think I told I texted you, but I was watching this on you know my cable provider as under like free movies, and they cut the whole entire torture scene out. So I had to watch it separately, and it was so weird. <laughs> but that's why, I mean, I gave him the three there, that torture scene alone. The voice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought up the torture scene because our next category is face, and I gave him three. My note on that is see the torture scene for why this score is a three. <laughs> I put three, and I said, again, the torture scene. <laughs> because, I mean. Yeah. The torture scene is pretty, pretty magnificent and, and pretty, pretty. Uh, it's rough. Yeah. It really is rough. And to you know, watch that, like how much enjoyment they are having. And out every of it. everybody goes to you know oh the bees the bees okay I get it it's all over the top but uh, the guy is allergic to bees in the movie and right. they break his legs. It's well, very know. very very um what's brutal the word? brutal <laughs> it's brutal. What they do to him at the end of this movie is brutal and evil and malicious and and, and for a very strange reason. Yeah. Very strange reason. I, I mean, think that I think that's what got me. Yeah, how it's just like yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, so much in this movie I like, and so much it just doesn't add up. Right. So, cage factor is the final category. I went with three on the cage factor, and I said that I hadn't seen this in years, and honestly went into it expecting a turd. Uh, it is not as bad as people make it out to be, and I actually don't find him too over the top. When put into context of the film, the things he so often made fun of for actually work really well. It's when you take them out of that context that they become really, really funny. And I didn't think that this was too hammy of a performance. And like so many of these Cage Factor scores, the movie is only watchable because of him. Yep. That was my note on that. I gave it three, and I pretty much said the same thing. He made the movie work and enjoyable for me. He wasn't too like over the top, but yeah. the moments he did have that he brought to it. Yeah. You know, that was... Yeah. And, and I, I do remember him saying that he knew he was going over the top in some of these scenes. He felt like it needed it. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, he felt like he was making an absurdist comedy, you know, and, I, and I'll go with him on that. I just feel like the direction and the editing, the way that this was put together and paced just don't really add up right. for well, me. Well, that's, that's what I was getting at with the torture scene. Imagine watching it like without it. It's just even yeah. more weird. Yeah. So I'm trying to watch it on YouTube and piece it in there because I'm like... This is just weird without it in there. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. I mean, I do, in a weird way, like this movie a lot. Me, too. I mean, I, I liked watching it. Yeah. You know? I, I just yeah. wanted more from it. I don't know that I would recommend it to anyone outside of, like, diehards, you know? Like, it just, it, it feels like a really bad misfire. Yeah. But it has the best of intentions. It's right. not. It's not crappy because... 
they you know they just gave up right you know i really feel like they were trying to make a great movie it just i just it doesn't have that yeah. feel to it so no. well my final score on the wicker man my total was 13 nicks which averaged out to 2.6 mine was 13 and a half which averaged at 2.7 and we never did our scores for knowing we didn't, did we? We did not. And uh, my score for knowing, uh, my total was 14.5, and my average was 2.9. I was 14 with an average of 2.8, so we're very close. Very close. All right, well, we're going to take a very short break, and when we get back, we're going to have the final tally, and we're going to fill you in on what's going to be coming up here on Cage Match Mondays. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want to let you know that we are on the World Wide Web. That's the interwebs, isn't it, Faith? That's what I like to call it, the interweb. www.latenightfright.com. And we are also on the gram. We are. You can check us out at the Late Night Fright Podcast. Or you can also follow my personal page, I'm a Normal Alien. You're not exactly normal, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Check out the website. You can subscribe to our mailing list. And if you like the show, please give us a review and subscribe and all that good stuff. You know us. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You got that right. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright here on WKMF, Cozy Corner of Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And Faith, you have some totals for us, don't you? I do. All right, go ahead. Knowing came in at 2.85, and Wicker Man is 2.65. I knew it was going to be pretty close. Like I said, you have a really great movie with a kind of between-the-lines performance, and you have right. a not-so-good movie with a with a crazy cage performance. Right. You know, So, yeah, it was about right. I'm, I'm glad Knowing won. I think it's the better movie of the two. Oh, yeah. I think that, and as we said, that counts for something. So, well, this concludes the first round of the brackets. And so next week, what we're going to be doing is we have one, two, three, four, four matchups. So we have eight movies, four matchups. We are going to add a category, possibly two. So tune in for those. Now, Faith, you have the list, don't you? I do. We know what's going up against. (laughs) Let's see. So we have Vampire's Kiss going up against Face Face Off. Off. And Peggy Sue got married versus, what did I say it was? I'm going to forget it. Mandy. Mandy, that's it. Versus Mandy. Then we have Raising Arizona going up against National Treasure 2. Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, Moonstruck Moonstruck. going up against Knowing. So (laughs) some some pretty neat matchups. And uh, stay tuned so so you can find out how we're going to be judging that round. Then we're going to have... Another show after that, and then we're going to have the finals. And But what we're going to be doing is, maybe not next week, but definitely we've had so much fun doing the Nicolas Cage Monday that we're going to keep this going, and we're going to be spotlighting some of his other movies. Um, we don't know if this is going to be a regular thing, a semi-regular thing, but uh, you know he's done a lot of animation work, some voice work. He's done a lot of other movies. We didn't talk about his Oscar-winning performance in Leaving Las Vegas. We didn't mm-hmm. talk about Adaptation which he was nominated for an Oscar for. So there's a lot of other movies that we want to spotlight, and we're just having so much fun with this. So (laughs) there's going to be more Nicolas Cage uh, here on the Late Night Fright just because we love him. But next week, though, is going to be round two. And as we said, so we have Face Off going up against Vampire's Kiss. We have 
Mandy going up against Peggy Sue got married. Mm-hmm. You can hear the police in the background. Cozy Corners <laughs> find us. Go and get go and get the bad guys. <laughs> then we have uh, Raising Arizona is going up against National Treasure Two. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can get it. Let's see if I can get it. We have Knowing going up against Moonstruck. Boom! <laughs> I got it. I got it. So tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as always, uh, we have our TV Tuesdays. Those episodes are all available where podcasts are found. Uh, Every Tuesday, we have a new episode dealing with classic sci-fi or horror, contemporary sci-fi or horror that happens to be going on. And then Wednesdays, that is the late night fright proper. And that is where we talk about horror movies, don't we, Faith? We sure do. We sure do. All of our episodes are available wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you sincerely from the bottom of our hearts for tuning in. This September has been our best month here on the late night fright and it is thanks to all of you out there who listen and come back and support us and faith you have anything you want to add to that i just want to say thank you too i'm 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 so happy when i see those numbers (laughs) it's so exciting it's it's very exciting and thank you all again for 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 listening it's it's amazing time out of your day or it's amazing you have a lot of options when it comes to your time and thank you for spending a little time with us and we want to let you know that we're doing some things behind the scenes that i think you're going to be pretty excited about we're going to have some merchandise soon very very soon and uh be looking for that we're going to have some other fun things hopefully coming down the pipe pretty soon but uh (laughs) as it is right now cage match round two is coming up next week thank you again for all of your support in this September, we hope you enjoy your October because Halloween's in October, it's isn't it? Halloween. It's almost Halloween. So I know everybody's excited. I know I'm excited. I'm excited. We have some fun stuff coming up for Halloween too, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, be on the lookout for that. So we're gonna go start getting those things ready for all of you out there. Again, thank you so much. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep, keep your, your cage, cage on, on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side.